Hey guys, what's going on? It's your girl, Ash. Welcome to the Ash X Podcast. What's up, guys? Okay, so we have on a very special guest. Her name is Lucy Tudor. I'm going to tell you guys all the reasons why you should listen to this podcast episode. But before we dive deeper into that, I just want to get into a little bit more about gratefulness, okay? So as we're nearing the end of 2022, there are so many things that we should be grateful for. If you have a job, if you have a roof over your head, if you have warm clothes, like these are all things that you should embody. Um, because actually when you like when you embody a feeling of being appreciative and grateful, you'll notice that you you operate on like a higher vibration essentially. And everything that will come into your path, it comes in abundance because it's matching that level of vibration that you're putting out. Just like when you're really sad and it's like all these bad things keep happening to you. Um, it's because of the energy that you're actually putting out and it's like a law of attraction essentially. So what you want to do if you're trying to increase your levels of gratefulness is that you, you should write down what you're grateful for. Like literally five, five things in a list. This is something that I learned in Columbia from one of my professors. You write down a list of five different things daily that you're grateful for and you look back at it. And it becomes positive reinforcement each day when you're constantly looking at life with a more appreciative lens. Um, so that's something that I have really been looking at recently. A lot of times I just do it like mentally in my head, but I've noticed that through that, like I just, I just have like a different level of energy with myself. And I, I definitely recommend it for you guys if you haven't checked it out yet. Um, so what I want to dive in a little bit more with Luzzy. So she actually got signed with Lane 8's record label. It's called This Never Happened. And she's having a new collaboration release that's launching on December 1st. It's coming out in like just a couple days. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm super stoked to have her on because I actually know her through one of my friends, Vinny. And um, he introduced me to her and I was like, okay, this is super cool because she is so open about talking about her drug addiction that she's had in the past and just how like music has been such a healing process for her. Um, and I, I just find that like super inspirational because it can be a lot to talk about that. So she opened up to that about me um, and just how like music was able to really like help her through that. Um, but I really highly recommend her one track. It's called Shuffled Hearts if you haven't heard of her stuff. Definitely check it out on Spotify and you're going to hear a ton about more about her past and her life within this podcast episode. Um, I love talking about mental health and I am, again, so honored to have her on here. Thank you so much for being on today. Um, it's great having you here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. Um, and it's really cool because like I, I know Vinny too and it was it's really awesome just to like have you here in person. Yeah, Vinny is an amazing, uh, also incredible shuffler, but amazing he human is. being. So uh, a friend of Vinny's is a friend of mine for sure. So I love that. It's, it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, so I guess to first start off, I know you're signed to Lainey's album, um, This Never Happened. What was the initial process like for you like when you were starting that up? Yeah, so actually it's really fortuitous. So during the pandemic, I spent a lot of time uh, producing out of Tulum, actually. I found a lot of refuge there in the expat community during the pandemic and um, uh, created you know, a number of tracks, but there's specifically one warrior that really felt like it was authentically me coming into my sound. And I was looking through Instagram and I heard this track I forget whose track it was, but I looked up what label it was on and I was just like, the vibe of this track is like in the same, no pun intended, lane as 
uh, my track warrior and so you know I asked my manager at the time to submit it to the label and it got submitted and it was really just took off after that basically he got back immediately and was like hey I want to include this in my next mix uh, you know wow. the season mix that he does mixtape yeah. that he releases and wanted to sign the track and then I was like this is incredible you know I've respected and looked up to Lainey for a long long time uh, really really amazing now to be able to build uh, on his label and shortly thereafter you know I uh, created the EP that just came out in April of this year of 2022 and uh, from there there's just gonna be more and more releases and I'm really excited so I'm so excited for you like that is such an incredible experience like just to be like surrounded by someone like like Lainey it's it's amazing and I feel like already by the sounds of all your tracks like you're gonna go so far thank you just mute that for a second um, so I know I also heard you have a new mix coming out with Lainey as well um, what exactly is that mix going to entail? Like, is it going to be melodic house music or do you have any other plans for Yeah, so I'm really excited. It's one of his tracks off of the Reviver album that he gave me the opportunity to remix. And it's mm -hmm. definitely more on the melodic side. It still has, you know, Lucy Tudor elements like violin, uh, the violin riffs that obviously I've incorporated into a lot of my tracks. Um, but it's definitely even more melodic. It's, um, it's actually kind of in the same vein as like shuffled hearts and more on the softer gentler side of the music that I put out and it was yeah it was very euphoric very uh, heartfelt to be able to remix this track and it's coming out in December so I'm really excited I'm so excited for that because shuffled hearts is like literally my favorite track by you, you. I love it there's <laughs> just like there's something that I feel so connected to it and it's it's like a super spiritual experience for me when I listen to it thank you it's really cool um, and so right now, uh, you're, you know, you're about to DJ tonight with Wes. What has that experience been like working for him and also Lainey? Like yeah, so Wes is also just, I just feel, I just want to say so fortunate to be able to work with people that aren't just like talent, talented at their craft, but mm -hmm. incredibly kind human beings and really support other up and coming artists. So I uh, had the opportunity to play for Wes on his tour back in LA at the Roxy Theater, which also is such an iconic venue in terms of overall music history. So it was really special uh, back in August. And now being here in New York and being able to play it elsewhere, another incredible venue uh, to support him on his tour is just a huge blessing. And between that time, also him and his team gave me the opportunity to remix one of his uh, album track See You Everywhere, uh, which I was able to track. put more of my techno spin on it, um, which has been a really uh, incredible experience, and that just recently came out as well. So it's just been a pleasure. He's so supportive, so positive, um, and yeah, it just feels really good to be surrounded by just inspiring human beings, but also people that are incredibly supportive. So I love that. Wes is definitely like super supportive. Like. I remember when I like met with him in Miami, I was just like amazed at like his talent and just being able to see him perform live at EDC was, was incredible. incredibly talented. Yes. <laughs> so talented. Um, so I'm excited to see what you guys like work up today. Uh, I'm super excited. It's a, uh, it should be packed, uh, you know, uh, as his whole tour has been, his whole tour has been selling out left and right and well deservedly so like I said, you know, this, especially this reminders album that he's put out has just been really, really special and to see how his fans connect with him is, is really, really special. It is. It really is. Um, so I recall you also mentioning that you suffered uh, from a d drug addiction uh, years ago. 
Um, what was that experience like for you? And what was traumatic that happened when you were younger that really like evoked that? Yeah, so um, my struggle with substance use disorder, both alcohol and drugs, um, I believe in part was fueled just by my experience growing up. I was born in Romania during communism and when the revolution happened when I was five years old, my parents and I moved to Germany and there we were segregated into immigrant asylums and then after that basically moved through Portugal to the U.S. by the time I was 11 and during that time you know we moved 17 times different cities or houses or places um, had to learn English as my fourth language and experience a lot of like bullying as well uh, just for being different basically and being from another country and um, because I grew up you know in, in an Eastern European family it's not commonplace to really talk about your feelings to talk about therapy or any of these things that have become so much more widely not just accepted but encouraged as part of someone really thriving in life that wasn't the case uh, growing up and especially growing up in a Eastern European family and so all of that trauma and all those feelings had built up I always felt like it was like this burning feeling inside my chest and I didn't know what to do with it and the way it manifested was through a number of addictions so in high school it was definitely over exercising restricting my eating overworking the overworking was sort of like throughout but then when I reached college is when I picked up drinking and using drugs and had another traumatic event where a partner of mine actually overdosed and passed away when I was 19 and instead of you know taking that as like a warning or he you know to stay away from those things it actually just increased my coping mechanism around them and so that's what led to me, um, yeah, basically suffering from substance use disorder. And finally I had a turning point where I got help and I was able to start my healing journey, which also gave me the ability to actually step into my artistry and uh, learn how to DJ, learn how to produce and have that creative outlet, so. I'm so sorry, first off, that you had to go through all that because that's like, no one should ever have to go through all that, but it's also, like such a beautiful experience in a way that you were able to transfer that and like create what you've created now. Thank you. Your music and everything. Yeah, I mean, music has been so healing and it's an agent of change and healing and inspiration. And uh, it's definitely one of my many forms of therapy. That's actually how it started out. Um, you know, I didn't necessarily have the intention of, um, you know, creating a career out of music and I think that's the best way because I continue to draw from my passion and the way that it gives me therapy is what I hope that I can evoke to people and to the fans and I hope that they take away either relief from my music from their everyday struggles or inspiration or just like being able to be in the present and like feel real happiness and joy because that's been my experience with music um, and that's how I think about what I'm playing and what I'm writing and putting out there is what I would want to experience and what I've experienced for so many years as a result of music. Wow. And I can like, even just through hearing your music on my own, like I can feel it. Like I immediately feel like a release and like, it almost makes me feel like I want to do yoga in a way. <laughs> I want to like move my body and just like relax. It's, awesome. I love it. Um, so how did spirituality and mental health play a role in your recovery? Yeah, so, you know, I think especially with mental health struggles, there's a few different components that support people on their new path. And for me, there's a few different components. There's, you know, actual practical um, habits that I needed to change. There's also therapy, like I practiced EMDR therapy for over eight years now. 
so that's really helped me work through things and then um, and then the other part has been for me a spiritual awakening and when I say spiritual I don't mean that in the sense of religion I mean spiritual in the sense of like strengthening the relationship to whatever you want to call it you know whether it's intuition or my higher self or um, universal source or God like I think everyone feels that same thing on the inside we just choose to label it something different based on uh, our upbringing and what types of sort of semantics make us feel more comfortable depending on on how we grew up uh, but I think everybody has that feeling inside that feeling of connection when they feel at ease and they feel in flow and to me that spirituality is like plugging into that and for me the frequency of music is like a, just a direct shot uh, into that yeah that's great I mean I feel like spirituality for everyone it's like you mentioned too it's like your higher power whatever you want to call it but it's the same feeling of feeling connected to something yes better. Um, and for me, I feel that when I listen to music, it's just immediately like, even tonight when we go to your show, it's like, you, you get that same feeling of just feeling entirely connected. Yes. And how that's played a huge part in my recovery has definitely been that, you know, I have certain practices that I do on a weekly basis, whether it's like writing exercises or, uh, intention setting, uh, prayer. And again, I don't mean that for me, it's not in the religious sense. I always, <clears throat> joke that you know prayer is uploading your intentions and then like meditation is downloading the answers and so I, I use that. the combination of those two things to help me stay grounded help me stay in my center so that I'm making decisions and going about my day from a place of clarity and also the intention of uh, being of service to other people uh, which ultimately only benefits myself and others so you have to do the inner work for outer change yes um, and I'm, I love journaling. It's like something that's helped me tremendously. Yeah. Um, and I'm definitely like pro therapy, but I think you can do a lot of that inner work on your own as well. Yes. Yes. I so mean, I think soul. there's so many different pathways, right? Um, mm -hmm. there's, like I said, you know, therapy and even within therapy, there's such a wide range. There's talk therapy, there's EMDR, there's also plant medicine. I think there's just such a huge variety of pathways and each person has to figure out once they're stabilized obviously if they're in a moment of crisis I think they absolutely need some extra support on the outside but once I think somebody is stabilized in order to start doing that inner work they have to figure out off a menu basically like what combination of things works for them and it's different for every single individual is what I've come to understand it's so true it's not a one-size-fits-all approach no. at all and I think it's it really is it comes down to like what feels good for you individually um, and yeah it's definitely a little look different for each person yes um so i myself in the past have suffered from binge eating disorder so like uh, not in the same way of you know your addiction but i had an addiction to just eating um and would do you have any like tips for people that are overcoming any sort of addiction yeah. whether yeah, it's food alcohol totally and you're right the the symptoms and i think the way out is actually the types of pathways are very similar no matter what what the ism is whether it is food whether it is gaming social media substances and by the way thank you for sharing that because I think by sharing these stories is how we continue to allow other people to feel safe and, and seeking help which brings me to my answer I think that the advice that I always give and will continue to give is that asking for help is the biggest sign of strength um, being vulnerable asking for help uh, and taking that extra step to be open even when it feels scary or hard, you can always go back to the old way that you've been doing things. 
So what's the harm in just trying something different, even if it's for just 30 days? You can always go back. And so ask for that help, see what resources are out there, and um, ultimately just see like where your journey takes you. But I would say that's the number one advice is like ask for help, definitely a sign of strength. I love that. And even asking that, asking uh, for help yourself, um, believe it or not, like you are putting those thoughts out as well. And like, you're, you're just gonna attract that. So yeah. I feel like even asking for help, it's almost like uh, a way that, you know, you're like a, you can get connected to a higher power or God yeah. or whatever you wanna call it and, and feel that feeling of spirituality. Yes, totally. That's, yeah. <laughs> and I know I felt it myself. So for anyone that's listening, like I definitely recommend if you're, if you're trying to overcome anything. Um, so when you were younger, you spent your days balancing between building engineering teams and being a promoter at Seattle's nightclub. Um, at what point did you know that there was something more for you out there? I mean, I always knew that and I knew that those two things were just building blocks towards that. So even at a young age when I was pretty much in high school, um, you know, I had this inkling feeling that I wanted to make a difference in the world. I actually went back during the pandemic, went through all of my stuff in my parents' house that's like from my childhood, and I actually found a journaling prompt or something that I wrote in like middle school, and it was, I kid you not, it was like a fake story about an interview I was like giving on TV that I had sold some like healthcare invention or something for some amount of money because then I wanted to transition to doing something more creative I kid you not and I found this literally in the last year and a half and I was like whoa like I knew that even then I knew I wanted to help people and change the world and I've been able to do that especially now through music is another avenue of doing that but um, seeing that journal entry like or it was a writing exercise for school like I didn't realize that I was actually very specifically imagining the way that I'd want to lead my life. And in high school, my dad got me a subscription to Inc. and Wired magazine, which helped me um, really think through how I wanted to unfold my entrepreneurial journey, um, which I also believe being in the music industry and being an artist is actually being an entrepreneur. The the types of things you go through, the hero's journey, the ups and the downs, the building of something and the very creation of it is entrepreneurial. And so, um, so yeah, it's really early on that I knew that. And in fact, that's actually why I dropped out of college to both pursue my nightclub promotions um, endeavor with a business partner at night. And then during the day, I took a, first a contract at Microsoft and then I popped out and started building tech teams um, for Microsoft and other companies on a contracting basis, knowing that learning with technology and things in entertainment would be building blocks towards whatever is gonna be where I was gonna make an impact in multiple industries and entertainment, music, the creation of things would be one of them. So that's sort of how it all unfolded. I never saw it as like I had a turning point from that, but rather it was a building block. It's almost it's like the evolution of you. Yeah. And totally. I, feel, I feel like it's great because you could take those both both of those experiences and then, you know, bring them into your music career now. I did. I mean, understanding technology, like I would sit next to engineers and developers during lunch and have them explain things to me technically um, is what allowed me to pick up producing so quickly because I do feel in a lot of ways producing is like you're, you know, you're coding emotions basically in, in software. Of course, because I use Ableton, I've gotten in some more analog stuff as well, which is a whole other rabbit hole, but primarily I produce in Ableton. 
And I think that, uh, along with obviously being also on the entertainment side in my early days before I really jumped into my artistry, have both basically helped build me into who I am today. Onto what you're doing now. Yeah. That's, That's incredible. incredible. I love it because I, I also think a lot of, um, you know, it, it's rare to find that a lot of DJs do have uh, you know, previous experience in tech and, and things like that. And it's cool to just be able to, to bring that into what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, so what rituals would you say that you perform in order to achieve a flow state for your creative process? Yeah, I mean, it depends what I'm going through. If I'm particularly feeling, it depends where my starting point is. If I'm particularly feeling out of sorts or agitated or I've had a really long day, um, then I actually do these, um, they're called polyvagal um, nerve exercises, and you calm mm -hmm. the back of your neck, which like runs your parasympathetic nervous system. Um, so relaxing that part actually allows your body to get back to neutral or somewhere where it feels calm and grounded. If I'm already starting from a calm and grounded place, um, the rituals are really more around pre-planning and being prepared. So I have, you know, I, I know what I'm going to do the next day. Everything is in my calendar. I live out of my calendar. I even schedule fun when I'm going to have fun and have unstructured time into my calendar because then it takes out the ambiguity of feeling one overwhelmed or just not understanding what you need to accomplish. So, so um, I just go through my calendar. I don't even question it because everything is already planned in there. At the same time, I balance that with flexibility because once I get into flow, uh, then I'll keep going on that, you know, that track that I'm producing or that set that I'm building because so I leave myself room for change, but at least as a foundation, I know exactly what I'm going to be working on. And then on a monthly, quarterly, annual basis, and also like long term vision wise, I have a bunch of, uh, you know, written documents around like what I want to achieve. And then I reverse engineer and back end into that, like what I need to complete on a weekly basis again, give myself flexibility for change and how I'm going to get to those goals, but having things built in that I know if all else fails, if I just continue to do those, I'll still get somewhere close is really what helps me do that. And when you create that type of structure, it allows the environment itself to create states of flow, at least for me. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say is I also make sure that I do disrupt my environment a whole bunch. So, um, it's very rare that I'm staying, you know, at my place without either taking a trip or doing something in my blocks of fun, doing something completely different that I've never done before, like taking a random class or crossing off something off of my bucket list or because that that also feeds into then setting the stage for states of flow because your brain isn't going on autopilot of doing the same thing over and over again. So um, whether it's changing, you know, um, where I'm staying or it's changing like by traveling somewhere new or going to a show maybe to see some music that I typically wouldn't I create again an environment where my brain is basically forced to like think out of the box I love that like I've just been getting into better time management I think it's really nice. hard <laughs> um but I need to schedule like I love the idea the concept that you said that like to schedule time to cross off things off your bucket list yes because that's one thing I think a lot of times like we we have these visions of things that we want to cross off but we don't take the time to fit them into our actual right. schedule yeah so yeah no it's super important and yeah again like it's that balance between structure and change uh that I think just sets the stage for flow states for creativity for new ideas to flow in 
so and I'm also really strict with my boundaries like uh, you know if it's time to work it's time to work but if it's time to not work uh, I literally just ensure that I'm not in a place where I'm trying to over plan things um, and I just go with the flow you know I love that I've been doing the same thing recently like when I schedule time for myself I've literally been putting my phone on do not disturb because I'm like I need this boundary up otherwise you get lost in the phone totally and I'm like I can't you got to set up that boundary or you're yeah. not going to get any of like time just for you yes very true so how would you say that you mentally prepare for a live set so like it's very different like here when you're in a room and you're by yourself mm -hmm. versus like when you're actually on stage and you're, you're performing to a massive crowd yeah so i mean there's a few things that i do to prepare one um i make sure that obvious this is obvious you know you get enough practice in largely with what you might be playing um i think we talked about this before the interview started but uh you never know what's going to happen in terms of like you know is the crowd going to flow in and you know quickly is are people going to be trickling in um are they transitioning from you know a previous party so everyone's hyped up already uh, is it closing is it headlining is it opening set like all of those things create an environment where you have to take certain things into account and it creates for a different type of set so it's just about preparing the parameters and sort of the sandbox that you're going to be playing in for each of those scenarios leaving room for flexibility because that also creates the energy of excitement for me as well you know you don't want to prepare perfectly a set that you're going to be playing at least not for me um, because one, then you're not really adapting to the crowd and having that energy exchange with the crowd to really work with them and for them. Um, but at the same time, you have the comfort of having practiced enough and knowing what tracks go with each other. And, um, and, and again, that allows for the time and space to even be able to read the crowd because then you're automatically knowing where you're going to largely go. Uh, in terms of further mentally preparing um i have yeah an intention setting that i do i have a meditation that i do a visualization that i do in terms of like how the crowd's gonna feel how we're gonna interact how i can best serve the crowd to help them get that relief or those emotions or that enjoyment out of the performance um and then yeah i make sure that i you know obviously have nothing else planned for the day if i can get exercise and i will uh and a good meal um and i also do a again it's not a prayer in the religious sense but i do a prayer of just asking basically my higher power to carry the energy through me with the crowd together so that we may have the best experience and the best outcome based on what what the universe wants essentially so like letting go of control of how we're going to get there but really setting the intention that this is something i want to, to be special and to be carried through i love the intention setting too and it, it's it's like it's the idea of law of attraction so it's like what you put out there is what you're going to receive yeah. um and again thank you for the bracelet that you gave us too like yeah. the one the intention setting bracelet it goes hand in hand with everything that you're doing so. yes thank you yeah and we i give those out at my performances they're essentially these intention capsule bracelets that uh, I actually have this as a necklace on right now. So, um, and it just helps remind me of, yeah, my intention, whatever it is I'm working on to continue to grow as a person. And I will really want to share that with my audience. And I want fans to know that being part of the Luzi Tudor community is again, uh, music as a form of healing, of inspiration, of joy, and also to like put each individual in a position to know that nothing is impossible and that they can really become the best version of themselves and have a safe space to do that. And um, I've started out with these intention bracelets and I hope to 
bring much more to the Luzi Tudor community in the coming years, but this is basically the beginning of that of that journey. That's beautiful. It's it's all mental too. You know, once we get out of our heads, we, we can do anything that we, yes. we want to achieve. True. <laughs> Um, so we talked about this before your previous and uh, a previous part of our conversation. Uh, one of my favorite tracks that I was like I really felt connected to was Shuffled Hearts. Yes. Um, what was the creative price, uh, creative process like for you when when doing that track? Yeah. So all of my tracks come from some sort of experience uh, or emotion or something that's happening in my life, um, and for whatever reason, certain sounds, melodies. Um, instruments together like for me equate those emotions um, I can't explain exactly there's no science behind it or logic but to me I was going through something with um, two people in my life uh, something romantic and it was you know a really complex situation and it was a beautiful situation as well and it was short-lived but it was basically myself and, and two other people were going through a sense of energy exchange and romantic connection and it was something really brand new to me and something that I hadn't experienced before and so that's the name you know shuffled hearts it was like three hearts shuffling and really caring about each other and it was both complicated and beautiful and so I wanted to evoke that sort of like slow and beautiful and like kind of space of almost like you're coming out into a meadow and you're together and you're just like enjoying this time but it's really short-lived you know it's not something that's sustainable and it's not something that's going to last a long time and that's where shuffled hearts came out of and um yeah it was just uh, a section of my life a couple years ago where this experience came about and i'm really grateful for it and i had a lot of emotion around that, that i really needed to get out and music was the therapy that helped me do that that's so beautiful and that's that's gonna be helping like people that listen to you because like I feel like it's it's such a unique experience to go through yes <laughs> it's beautiful um was the vocal on that track as well was that yours or did you know so it's on? actually an amalgamation a mix of several vocal chops that I put together out of um, arcade prim primarily so yeah it's uh, not my vocals and it is a lot of actual samples chopped up together that i was able to put together to actually make sense as as the lyrics and how i related through that experience so was that of the same person too chopped up or it's actually not the same person wow so there was like se about seven different like p different people uh it wasn't seven i can't remember the exact number but it was basically just it was a wild like you know long session of just like chopping up different vocals and taking different samples from uh, arcade primarily but uh, a lot of other uh, kind of sample packs and tools so put together yeah what a cool creative process for a song yeah i mean you know today there's just so many tools out there that people can use to find what they need and um and there's just so much you can create with basically you know things that you can create on your own with these tools which just like wasn't possible decades ago so it's really fortunate, but I also do enjoy the process of working with both live instrumentalists and um, uh, vocalists. And so I'm excited. Some of my future tracks incorporate uh, actually working with vocalists and working with um, real musicians that, you know, live are writing over my track. And so um, I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Do you have any plans to release an album soon? 
So right now I'm in the process of creating. So my past few tracks, the ones that you're hearing um, on various releases, Delusional Records, This Never Happened, Abracadabra, mm -hmm. all of those tracks are part of what was a larger vision. And it was around really relationships, me coming into my own uh, in terms of who I am as a person when it comes to romantic relationships and who I am as an individual and finding like that strength and authenticity and coming to a point of a lot of freedom around those things. So that was sort of like the last two years of work uh, that you've seen come out and going into this next uh, phase. Uh, I do have a list of tracks that I'm working on right now and those have to do more with true personal power, personal development, that kind of stuff. So some of them are called the great unlearning, uh, debris of the heart, um, sentient again. So it's really about personal growth and more individual, whereas the past was a lot about interdependence and relationship. Um, and so we'll see how that work develops over the next few months, whether it's going to be a whole album or the tracks are going to go, you know, into EPs or maybe split as singles. I'm not sure, but actually every single phase of my creative process, I go in with a larger project concept, build a creative tracks out of that because that helps me conceptualize the vision and how they all sort of go together. But then when they finally, you know, hit the, um, music store, so to speak, uh, it'll be TBD and, and depends on a lot of different factors, how that work's going to come out. That's awesome. I like, I feel like it'd be really cool to like listen to a track of yours that is like based on like performance or like you could just like listen to when, when you're doing work. Yeah. That's neat. Um, and how do you feel like, uh, your upbringing as a refugee, like influenced your music career? Yeah. I mean, a couple things. One, uh, you'll feel elements in my set that are from a lot of different parts of the world because I grew up as a global citizen really, or third culture kid is I think the term. Um, and so that part definitely influences, I think the, obviously the, the highly emo emotive, uh, aspects of my music and my sets that comes from being a highly feeling person, I think from all the experiences that I had, you know, getting bullied a lot growing up allowed me to realize that um, people have prejudices and misconceptions based on their upbringing and they're completely unfounded. Um, you know, I had this one experience where I was bullied when my classmates found out when I was really little that I was Romanian in Germany. And then when I went back with my American accent and, you know, English speaking as a tourist, and also being older, so I know that had a factor in it, but like obviously did not get mistreated or treated differently. And so to me that says, well, I'm the same person. I got treated differently just based on this like perception that people had of me or my background or my family's background. And that really cemented to me a love for all people, no matter what. Um, and I think it's really helped me take this view of like, one, how powerfully healing music is and how everybody suffers, everybody has struggles. Um, it's also influenced me from a creative standpoint, like I said, with bringing um, elements into tracks of different sounds from different parts of the world. And I'm always keen on bringing those sounds together into one set. Um, obviously my focus is much more on the classical side with battling violins and cellos. Like that's my personal sort of signature. I, I'm really passionate about melding, you know, classical music with electronic music. Um, but in terms of being a refugee, I think those life experiences really led me to even having the need for a creative outlet too. 
because I think if I hadn't had all of that struggle, all of that pain, all of those heightened emotions to process, then I'm not sure if I would have created, but maybe I would have, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think I think all of those experiences really led you into to the person who you are today. Thank you. And it's really neat that you're able just to see people, like, like you said, you have love for all people now because you had that one experience. Um, and what can we expect to like hear from you in the near future? Yeah, so, um, you know, I have a number of shows coming up to close out 2022 and then going into 23, um, there's a big body of work that's coming, uh, like as I mentioned, which is the focus of it is my own personal experience of developing as an individual, my personal struggles, personal development. Um, and those sounds are going to kind of range in terms of listening versus, you know, club dance tracks, but the themes and the emotions that I'll be releasing through those have to do with my, yeah, just my personal journey of getting through certain struggles. Um, and then, uh, yeah, really excited to see where sort of a more um, strategic uh, and planned out plan for my shows is going to be next year. So hopefully I'll be able to hit new cities, new audiences um and be able to yeah reach all aspects of my fan base so yeah both putting a lot more music out next year and also just being able to play out more and being able to connect with all my fans so i'm really excited next year is going to be great i'm excited for you like i can't wait to hear all the tracks that you're, you're going to release thank you it's gonna be a great one um well thank you so much for being on here today thank and you looking forward to your show tonight thank you so much <laughs>